Hello, and welcome to a free preview of Greatest of All Talk. 2024 West All-Star Reserves, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, Devin Booker, Anthony Edwards, Stephen Curry, Paul George, Carl Anthony Towns. Now, Ben, just for the record, on the last podcast, you and I were talking about the All-Star Reserves, and I mentioned in passing, I really hope nobody puts Carl Anthony Towns over Rudy Gobert on the Reserves, and you were like, come on, nobody's actually going to do that. And I was like, I don't know. I saw some lists that had Cat over Gobert, and to be completely honest, put all my cards on the table. I didn't see any lists, okay? So I listened what? to one I podcast. It. I didn't I, see any lists either. I went looking for the lists, I know. You made me think I was going crazy. You can't do that. So Tim Legler on the low post had Cat as an all-star reserve. Oh, now, geez. Legs, oh, I take him very seriously. I think he's an excellent analyst. A lot of fun takes from him. A lot of great insight. And so I thought, man, I guess there must be a movement to put cat on the all-star team over Gobert. what the fuck is happening and so i sort of extrapolate that out and say yeah i've seen some lists a lie i apologize that was fronting for the goats violating rule number one of the podcast and ben correctly called me out and so afterwards, no, I'm like, yeah. I wasn't trying to call you out. I was so confused. I was like, there can't be lists. Well, like, now I've looked for the list. <laughs> look at the confusion we're engulfed in now. Somehow he's actually on the fucking all star team. So uh, I don't know how well, to respond. Now man. I can call you out. Now I can blame you because you said there was lists. The coaches listened to this show. <laughs> yeah. The coaches put Carl Anthony it's Towns me. on their list. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Um, no, I was flabbergasted, first of all, when you said the whole list thing, but triply, quadruply flabbergasted when Carl Anthony Towns actually made the list. I, I think that he's really the only one where you can have a lot of conversation about, like, does he deserve it? I didn't pick Paolo for my team, but I can't say he's undeserving. Like, yeah, I think he has agreed. a real case. I would have had like five or six guys over Towns. And, you know, when I was doing my little board and I was even sending you my JV snubs team, you know, Towns made that list comfortably. But it wasn't like I'm not even sure I would start start him on the snubs team. You know, I was stunned that he made it. And you see some of the comments coming out afterwards, like Towns posting, oh, it's not going to be the same without you in Indianapolis, Rudy. It's like, yeah, because you're in his spot, bro. That's <laughs> yeah. why it's not going to be the same. How like, you can tell he's- Rudy's going to win Defensive Player of the Year and is not an all-star. And Cat's good. I, I almost hate that he's at the center of this because he's a good player. Yeah, it's player. not his fault. Yeah. No, it's not his fault for getting selected. Um, and so I don't want it to come across that way. But it's just funny. You could tell there's like a guilt factor of you know if if you ever win an award and like you knew like somebody else on your team deserved it like you would feel bad i think most people would carl anthony town seems like a decent human being and i read his instagram message as like man uh this is real awkward like it would have been cool if all three of us made it but you didn't make it rudy and we know rudy's gonna take it personally because he gets snubbed all the time Mm -hmm. so i thought it was big of towns to kind of extend that olive branch but it was also very telling because i'm not even sure he would have voted himself as an all-star over rudy gobert right yeah and you know rudy's response was something along the lines of it's okay when i give my hall of fame speech i'll be able to talk about all the times i was snubbed as a uh, as an all-star Beautifully petty from Rudy Gobert, just mm-hmm. to let everyone know I'm going to make the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's right. And also 
maybe Carl Anthony Towns won't make the Hall of Fame? Is that what he's trying to say with that comment? You read between the lines. I'm not sure. But um, I felt really bad for Rudy. And what I would like to do, you know, because we can't call for transparency on like which coaches voted for, you know, which players, right? That's never going to happen. I just want to know which coach out there wants his team to trade for Carl Anthony Towns. You know what I mean? Good because question. this guy's been on the block for two years. And that, to me, should have been the deciding factor, the determining factor. Like, who are you more scared of playing against? And who do you actually want on your team? Because I can't imagine there's people out there. You're not even game planning for Carl Anthony Towns, right? That's mm-hmm. like not even like the number one priority when you're going against the Timberwolves. I was stunned. I don't know if he got a little bump because the 60-plus the point game, people started to feel sorry for him. I know there was an ESPN feature on him recently. Maybe people saw that, and that kind of influenced things. But I was absolutely stunned that he made it not only over Gobert, but Sabonis, Fox, Jamal Murray. Like There's so many other people who could have gotten the uh, the nod over him, and it felt to me like... The coaches did the laziest thing, which is look at the standings. Who's the number one seed? We got to give them two players. Who are their two leading scorers? Like, I think it was as simple as that. And if that's how the coaches are voting, we need a new voting process. Just crazy. I mean, I was stunned. And again, yeah. not trying to like bury this guy, but I just don't know what the case is that he should be in this group. He doesn't fit. Like, it, he just does not fit with the other names on that list this year. It's honestly bizarre. Uh, and it's going to be weird to see him at the All-Star Game in Indianapolis. He's just like not in that tier and wasn't even in the conversation until I heard the Legler no. comments. And yeah, maybe I, mean, I compounded if, the problem. If he was in the Me Eastern Conference, what if he was in the Eastern Conference? It wouldn't feel so weird, right? Like, okay, there's some spots to be had, but the competition for those last couple spots in the Western Conference was dog eat dog and somehow Cat came out on top. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> You've really been killing it. Uh, I think that might top the Doc Nurse wordplay pack uh, a couple episodes ago. The only other thing I will note here is Anthony Edwards continues to be my favorite human in the NBA. He was fined $40,000 for ripping the refs and said, I don't care about it. Shit, it needed to be said. Like I said, I'll take the fine. I'm okay with it. And 40K is more than the typical 25K that is uh, the fine doled out for criticizing officiating. And Ant said, yeah, probably because I said they were cheating, um, which is terrific. Um, And he also just openly doesn't care about the all-star process and was like, take Rudy instead of me. Thought it was interesting that Kat didn't come up in that question either. Um, Ant's (laughs) like, yeah, Rudy should be there. Absolutely. I don't really care. Um, well, and- I did think it was for- mature for Mant, though, to say that because everybody knows Rudy's going to take this personally. Like, this is going to really bother him. You know what I mean? And so I thought it was nice for Ant to be like, yeah, you know, he understands how it works. You only get a certain number of representatives from each team. I would have had Rudy over Ant, as I said, for the Minnesota's representatives. But I get that, you know, probably 100% of the coaches had Ant as that number one pick. And for an all-star game, I guess he makes a little bit more sense than Rudy. But for him to address it directly and show Rudy love... Uh, when you're the younger player on the team, right? Uh, when you're the guy who, uh, you know, it didn't really work last year between him and Rudy, I thought it was a necessary message from him and well delivered. So credit to Anthony Edwards. Yeah. You know, and, and he also, he just doesn't really care about a lot of things that other superstars care about. Like the other night, they were playing the Mavs and Luca wasn't playing. Kyrie wasn't playing. It was a blowout. He took like five shots. It's just like a lot of guys in that spot are like, all right, I'm going to get my numbers and make sure I 
put up 30 and seven or whatever. And he's just like not wired that way. Uh, So I love watching him and I've loved what his career is turning into. The other thing that I think is interesting uh, on this little discreet controversy for the 2019 season, Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert had clauses in their upcoming max contracts that would increase the total of their next contract by, I think it was 36 million dependent on whether or not they made the all NBA team or not. This is from Dane Moore, who does a great job covering the T-Wolves. Jokic made first team All-NBA, and Bede made second team All-NBA. That left one third team center spot for Towns or Gobert. Gobert narrowly won the vote, and talking about making the All-Star team, Towns joked, well, he got the extra $40 million and I got the $50,000 All-Star bonus this year. So, Ultimately, Rudy is coming out on top, I'd say, at the end of all this. Cat gets the recognition. I don't think that Rudy is going to actually carry this with him the the rest of the year. I think Rudy Gobert probably five years ago is way more dramatic about this whole thing. I think he's at a point now where he's made peace with the NBA, just never really giving him the respect that he deserves. And he's happy to just be healthy and playing well in Minnesota. That's my guess, but we'll see what it turns into. I hope so. I hope so. I don't know, man. Uh, Rudy, he just feels deeply. Have you ever met people who just feel deeply? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's just one of those guys. So, um, Good job by the T-Wolves to try to spin it on his behalf. Um, the Hall of Fame line from him was great. He handled it about as well as you could. Um, you know, we'll also see, does you know are both those guys still Timberwolves next year, or does Rudy get to keep the $40 million and the jersey? We'll see, mm. you know. <laughs> yeah, we shall see. Uh, all right, well, we've talked enough about actual basketball. We can move to the meta conversation briefly. LeBron James, about 20 minutes before we came on to record, tweets, Where are all the media outlets, TV media personalities, hot takes that talked so much about Joel Embiid, about missing those games when he knew what he was dealing with? Now he's out with an injury because of it. Not one person has went back on TV or their dumbass podcast and apologized to that man. No accountability. Uh, I am just so sick of this guy. I am done with LeBron James. I can't wait to move past this era. Um, What do you think about LeBron adding his two cents to the ongoing conversation about all this? Well, no, please uh, explain more. Why are you so annoyed by this uh, take from LeBron? What what is it about Uh, it that uh, gets you upset? So I just read that I'm a little bit exhausted by the conversation. And then I read this on Friday and honestly, I first thought back to like a year ago when he lectured everyone in the media for focusing on Kyrie Irving tweeting out a link to a wildly anti-Semitic documentary in the fall uh, a year and a half ago and not asking him about Jerry Jones being photographed at a segregation protest that happened like 70 years ago. And he was all well actually about it. And it's like, it was just so charmless and also kind of idiotic. And I just feel like we lived that cycle with LeBron a lot. And so with this one, I if, if we want to talk about accountability, as the league has been remade around LeBron and what he values, the entire sport has become 10 times less popular. And so I'm not surprised that the concept of showing up for fans is completely alien to him. 
And I'm not surprised that his response to all this is to lecture fans and the media for caring about all this stuff. So the longer he sticks around, the more annoyed I get by all of it. So that's where I am with LeBron on Friday afternoon. Yeah, so there was a few different things that bothered me about these comments. Um, So first of all, he's making it sound like we all knew the state of Embiid's injury and that this injury had been, you know, pre-existing for a long time. And it was very obvious that he was dealing with it and people were asking Embiid to play hurt. That wasn't the case at all. People were saying, uh, you are listed as healthy. Why aren't you playing? Right. So for me, having lived through years of wars over Greg Oden's health status and is he available? Is he not? And whatever. I totally understand that um, shooting the messenger is a very common strategy by people who are frustrated when players get hurt and they don't feel like, um, you know, personal interests are being taken into account. But this is not something that can be blamed on the media or blamed on the fans. Somehow they guilt-tripped Embiid to playing even though he was injured. Um, the fans were not given an accurate appraisal of what uh, Embiid's health status was. He had just come off of a game where he played deep into the fourth quarter to get 70 points against the San Antonio Spurs three or four days before um, this entire thing blew up. He looked awfully healthy as he's dancing through Keldon Johnson and Zach Collins. Looked fine. People had every reason to expect him to be able to play. They also had heard Embiid say after the last time they played the Nuggets, I want to play. So they were kind of holding him into his word. And so when accountability gets brought into it, that's exactly what people were trying to say. It's like, come on, man, you didn't play these last couple of years. Now is the time to do it. And so shooting the messenger and saying, oh, yeah, this whole hubbub is what caused it. I just don't think that's uh, accurate or fair. And then you look at what happened uh, against the Warriors. And I mentioned this to you during our discussion about how to handle the Nuggets game. You can put him out there, and if it's just not going well, he's not looking right, um, you can take him from the game. You're allowed to pull a player at any moment, and people will understand. As he's laboring through that Warriors game and things aren't looking right, plenty of people are watching from home, fans and media members, and saying, okay, this is actually not going very well. He's settling for a jumper on every possession. His legs are buckling one time on a defensive stand. Maybe it's the right idea to back off here. And Embiid was the one who said he wanted to play against yeah. the Warriors. He's the one who came out, and and Nick Nurse even said that uh, he was a big voice in the decision to play that nationally televised game against the Warriors. And so it's not like he's doing it against his own will, and he's staying in because he's not asking out. So you know, kudos to Embiid for his competitive impulses in that game. I appreciated him trying. And I think that the checks and balances here in terms of who's at fault, it falls back on the Sixers coaching staff, their medical staff, and their organization, right? First of all, if a guy's not looking right, you take him out of the game. If the guy is seriously injured with some sort of a longstanding meniscus injury, then you need to communicate that to the public and so you can manage expectations and you can manage whether or not he feels like he should uh, you know, desire to play in games. If you're actually hurt, whether or not a player wants to play you know, through a serious injury, he should not be allowed to do that, right? If it's that serious. And the other issue here is that it, you know, Nick Nurse came out and said after Tuesday's game, Whatever happened when he, when he fell with Jonathan Kaminga was unrelated or was a new injury compared to what he had been dealing with previously. So Nick Nurse is either right, in which case that absolves everybody who was criticizing him because this was just bad luck mm-hmm. and Kaminga fell on his leg. And how is anybody supposed to uh, you know prepare for that? It's just a different situation. Or 
Nick Nurse is wrong. His messaging is incorrect, and it just adds to this layer of mismanagement by the 76ers. Right. Either in that way, case, you can't... it's the team. Embiid was the one who messaged to reporters that he was playing. And so had Embiid or the Sixers been more specific about what the injury was, either before the game or even after the game, then maybe the reception would have been different. And it just is bizarre to act like it's the media who has sort of engineered this entire episode. I do feel really Correct. bad for Embiid. Just as a independent story, I, I think it really sucks that this continues to happen to him. But at the same time, I think as a media story, it's absolutely ridiculous to put this on either the basketball fan community or the media or anybody else other than just bad luck and basically the Sixers. Well, not only bad luck, but this is an injury-prone player who's had issues his entire career. Whether or not people are screaming for him to play, we have a long track record of things happen to this guy, and they accumulate. And especially with meniscus, you only get a certain amount of meniscus, right? And so um, you know, he's had issues there as well, and those are going to be recurring issues that players have to deal with. So even if there had been no reaction, no commentary from fans or the media, like there is a chance over the course of an 82-game season, a very good chance that Embiid's going to have injuries and people are going to be left frustrated and wishing that he was out there on the court. That's one of the lessons I took from that Odin experience that I mentioned earlier. Like it doesn't really matter what anyone says or what the, you know, the pressure builds up or what the expectations are. If you can't stay healthy, you can't stay healthy. Period. It's just yeah. annoying. It's frustrating. That's just how life works in professional sports. So, um, I also did not like to see him go down. That looked like a lot of pain. It was a really, uh, you know, unfortunate situation. Had I been in Nurse's shoes, I would have pulled him from that game. He just didn't look right. Nurse was chalking that up to being, uh, a lack of conditioning after sitting for five days and, and other issues like that. But he just didn't look like he could really do what he needed to do on the court. Mm-hmm. And so that would have been an opportunity to just pull him and, and try again later. And it sounds like he has been dealing with some sort of a left knee issue, whether it's meniscus or otherwise, for weeks, you know, based on some reporting that had been coming out. But teams manage those things very carefully and for a long time. I'm not sure that Philadelphia actually mismanaged how the injury happened. It's possible there was a pre-existing issue and it just got worse, you know, during the course of that uh, game against the Warriors and then kind of got, you know, thrown over the edge uh, on that late fall. But this is now something that could change their whole season, right? Because he's got a potentially way surgery. Uh, a surgery, depending on what type they do, could end his season. If yeah. not, he's going to have to try to play through this. And we've seen in the past that doesn't go very well when he's tried to play through this type of issue. So um, it is a season-altering deal. It's very disappointing. I feel for Sixers fans. I feel for Embiid for sure. But just because you're upset that a player is injured doesn't mean you get to shoot the messenger. It's not fair. It's disingenuous. And I thought LeBron was way out of line here. Right. Well, and in terms of accountability, I hate to say it, but had Embiid not skipped playing Jokic the year before in Denver, despite being mostly healthy, people would not have reacted the same way they did this year. And that would have made a difference in its own right. So again, if we're talking about assigning accountability, that's part of the conversation. And if you do want to go back to Saturday, given what we know and what we've seen from Embiid over the years... It's fair to assume that he wasn't 100%, but he also wasn't completely incapable of giving it a go. I mean, that's part of the story with Embiid, particularly over the last couple of years. Like, there are a lot of nights where he plays where he's not 100%. He took the floor for warmups. If the Nuggets game had been a playoff game, Embiid 
probably plays that game. Well, hopefully, but there's been playoff games where he didn't too. You know, it's like you don't know. Well, but when he gets to that, I imagine he gets to that point and Embiid's making the final call. Like the idea that it's a trainer on the sideline says, no, 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 you're not going out there tonight. That was never how any of this actually worked. Um, And so I just find it interesting that to a lot of fans and lots of media, it's now just inconceivable and unfathomable that a star player who's not 100% could potentially play in a big-time regular season game simply because it's a big-time regular season game and lots of people care about the matchup. Because again, if you followed Embiid, there are just lots of nights where he's not 100% but chooses to play. And if you go back the last 65 years of the sport, great NBA players played through injuries in the regular season all the time. And, and, you know, Embiid, that has been an important shift in his career, the ability to do that. So I just don't think it's beyond the pale to say this was one of the five biggest regular season games of his season, and it would have been cool to see him try to play. And it's unclear what happened in part because it's unclear whether he was seriously injured then or seriously injured with the Kaminga thing. And a lot of the confusion can be ascribed to, if not Embiid himself, then certainly the Sixers and the clumsy way they have messaged this throughout the process. And all of it is unfortunate because I think at the core is the uncomfortable reality that some of what Embiid is dealing with is just a chronic issue that you know, exactly. it's not clear that sitting is going to end up benefiting him more than playing through some of the injuries. And, and there's not a, a clean solution to any of this. And that's where it just is really frustrating because when Embiid's out there, he's awesome. Um, but I, I hope that he can avoid surgery and at least return at some point this season. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I don't know what to hope for because maybe surgery is the best interest, right? You don't necessarily want him limping through all this for more months and then going into the playoffs and he's kind of like fighting with one knee tied behind his back. Like that's not good for anybody either, right? So I hope that they have a very measured, thoughtful conversation about his best long-term interests, right? As opposed to just like trying to throw him out there and just hoping that it's going to work because that strategy doesn't seem to have been so successful also kind of brazen by LeBron to make these comments less than 24 hours after he sat out a TNT game against the Celtics, you know? Yeah. Like, did that did that part at all uh, strike you as interesting? Because he's had amazing availability this year. They're going through this tough road trip, trade deadline's coming up, and so there's going to be speculation on that kind of stuff. But to, like, go to the wall about Embiid and the injuries and, you know, pressure to play – when and accountability when I mean this is probably one of the three four biggest games of the season for the Lakers and he's not out there and it's you know relatively late scratch for LeBron it felt a little strange too didn't it I mean I don't know how to read what's going on with LeBron because there's weirdness with Darvin Ham there's the trade rumors and so I was like is LeBron on strike until the Lakers make a decision on Ham like what's going on there I will say the other factor that is worth mentioning is if everyone wants to say, or if there are some people who want to say that Embiid, he shouldn't have played because he wasn't 100%, and if he was experiencing knee soreness, the playoffs are all that matter, so rest three weeks and make sure you're right for the playoffs. That's a valid perspective, too, and it's part of the conversation in terms of how NBA teams value the regular season. But the other reason that LeBron's tweet was so inane 
is that it it dovetails with a lot of media people who are acting like the Embiid in Denver situation was just some dumb sports shouting controversy and that anybody who cares about it is engaged in this lowest common denominator nonsense. And if you're a fan, if you're a Sixers fan, perfectly fine to react that way because I'm sure the last 10 years have been exhausting and you just don't want to participate in any of this. That's fine. If you're a media person who is arguing that it's all just dumb sports shouting, that's a ridiculous stance because, I mean, this is the reigning MVP. He was the biggest story in basketball like five days before that Nuggets game. He's obviously, or well, not obviously, he, arguably he's having the best season of anyone in the league. And we're in the middle of a season where the whole league is focused on actually playing regular season games. And so Embiid missing a high-profile national TV matchup with his biggest rival is a huge story. So whether you think he was right to sit or not, it's sort of ground zero for all the different considerations that are in play for the NBA right now. And if you're in the media and you're going to act like anybody who found that interesting was trafficking in hot take culture and player shaming or whatever, I'm sorry, like you're just bad at your job. And uh, so LeBron, an amateur media member here with this Friday afternoon take, uh, bad take by him. And the, the all the focus and discussion surrounding that game is ultimately just a credit to who Embiid is and how engaged people are with him and his career right now. And unfortunately, he just couldn't stay healthy. And and that's also been a huge part of his story all along the way. So in any event, well, an offshoot of what you just said was the conversation around the 65 game rule. And like, you know, if Embiid misses this time because, Oh, everybody forced him to play. Now he can't win MVP. And that's so rotten. And, you know, players are coming up short. The NBA finally came up with a good rule. You know, you have to play to win awards. 65 games feels like a very reasonable threshold. It was actually a little bit higher than I expected. I thought they would put it at 60 but it's a reasonable expectation to play in 80% of your team's games if you want to be recognized as having the best season that particular year. We knew players were, you know, who did have injuries, whether it's like a Tyrese Halliburton with his hamstring or Embiid with uh, these knee injuries, uh, were going to be impacted by this rule. And yet everybody and some of the people in the media now want to run and take this rule back away and say, oh, they got to throw it in the trash because it's impacting a guy's ability and now he can only miss X number of games the rest of the way or he can't win. Yeah, that's the point. That's a yeah. good rule. You know, <laughs> like there's only so many different ways where you can kind of encourage players uh, to not take optional rest during the course of this season, right? So um, having the Embiid situation then become like this litmus test on whether or not the NBA's rule was correct was also really frustrating and having so many people rush to the idea of blaming the rule for Embiid's injury. No, it's just injuries happen. It's sports. He's a he's had injuries way for years and years and years before this rule ever existed. Don't blame the rule. Don't blame the fans. Don't blame the media members who want the big showdown. And you can't blame Embiid for getting injured too. Like It's not like he wants it. I don't think he's going out of his way to do things that are going to increase his injury risk. He just wants to play. He's got this massive body that's been through an awful lot of lower body leg injuries. And, uh, you know, it's there doesn't need to be a villain in this yeah. story, right? This is just sports. It's okay. And that part bugged me too because I don't want the NBA to get scared off here, right? Like Joe Dumars, the, the whole conversation about the scoring that we had earlier this week – you know, it's kind of gotten out of hand. You know, there's not any two-way balance. Joe Dumars gets asked about it, 
And he has nothing to say on the subject. You know, it's like, oh, it's fine. These are going to happen. No big deal. We're not really planning anything. Everything is cool. It's like, everything's not cool. I don't want you to just, you know, like, and I'm just worried that that kind of lack of backbone or that lack of acknowledging the issue could lead them to somehow reverse course and say, oh, yeah, we're going to take that rule away. Sorry, you know, we didn't actually think it through. No, it's playing out exactly how it should, right? Guys are playing. We're seeing excellent availability from a lot of star players across the league this year, especially when I was doing like the all-star picks. I was amazed how many guys had played in 90% of their team's games. You know, Randall hadn't missed a game until the shoulder injury the entire year. Those are the kinds of guys who should get rewarded with all-star selections, all-NBA selections, and and award selections. And um, the NBA stand on business. I know that's the cool uh, (laughs) phrase these days, right? But don't let these people screaming at you change your approach. You actually came up with a good rule and stick to it. Yeah, no, I mean, for the individual awards, it definitely makes sense. And there are a lot of people who are saying, well, you shouldn't do this for all NBA because it's tied to contract incentives and everything else. But at the end of the day, if the NBA decides that they want to value availability and guys who show up, I'm fine with them tying it to yes. all NBA also. You know, it, it, this is the league saying, look, this is something that we care about as a sport. And guys who are more available are going to be able to be recognized for these individual awards that are tied to contracts. And all of it is tied to TV money that depends on these guys actually playing every night. And so at the end of the day, like, I actually think it's pretty consistent to say, yeah, if you're not playing 65 games, no, you're not eligible for the all NBA awards that then make you eligible for supermax contracts. And I think Tyrese Halliburton, um, he it sucks honestly but like it is what it is at the end of the day and systemically the the league has to make some of these decisions and just sort of again as you say stand on business and stand behind it because there are going to be people who are upset if you try to deal with some of the offensive explosion stuff there are going to be stars who are upset if you try to start enforcing some of the rules in a more traditional way where you actually let defenses breathe a little bit and give them uh, some space to guard guys on the perimeter there are going to be offensive players who are like what the hell is happening here what happened to all the whistles we were getting why have you chosen to officiate the game differently that happened like two and a half years ago (laughs) and we had an awesome like six weeks and then the league just reverted to form and so at some point the league has to be comfortable with various constituents being upset and you just have to decide what the league at the league as an institution values um so i i yeah and they said that they said we want our culture to be that of an 82 game league where the stars are out there and we're making right with our television partners and we're making right with our fans these are the kinds of rules that help you achieve those goals so stick to those principles they're good principles people should be rewarded for showing up and, and putting on a good show and every year i catch grief from people because I tend to have Embiid like lower on my top 100 than a lot of people. And what they'll point to is points per game, rebounds per game, assists per game, impact uh, when he's playing well, right? But the Nuggets game is a perfect example. It doesn't go in the books as 0.0 rebounds, 0 assists, but that's what he did on that night, right? Mm. You don't, you got to factor in uh, a player's 82 game body of work when you're ranking these guys in terms of their value. And I don't like to hold that against players. I want them all to have perfect health. If it's a video game, we could just turn injuries off. I would be the first one to do that because if I could do that in my life, I'd have two working knees and a lot less scars all over the place, right? I'd be a pretty happy camper. But um, 
We don't live in that fake reality. We live in the real world. We have to be reality-based people. We have to account for absences, how that changes the sport, um, you know, from a viewership standpoint. And, you know, what's happened here over these last couple of years, the degradation of the regular season, that's a huge part of the problem. And I'm glad they're trying to make a fix. And I hope that the longer that these rules are in place, people will rally around those values and rally around those ideas because I think they're well-intentioned and I think they're right. All right, and that is the end of the free preview. If you'd like to hear the rest of this episode and get two episodes every week from me, Andrew Sharp, and Ben Golliver, you can go to greatestofalltalk.com and subscribe to the show. 